Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the T Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. It's very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. The following is a fourth-hand production. And welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tech Van Sickle. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello, hello. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. And as we break down the bunch one episode at a time, what we do is we take the episode, Jimmy. As you know, we break it down. We stuff it inside a brown wallet, leave it for kids to find an abandoned lot, and then get it back to you and get, or get it back and then give it back to you, the listener, for you to enjoy and consume and spend on whatever. Don't fucking share it with anybody. That's very actually, considerate. Thank you. Yeah. But actually, maybe they should share the episode. So anyway, yeah. on today's episode, we take a look at season two, episode seven, entitled The Treasure of Sierra Avenue. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon Prime. Alcohol might help, too. I'm just saying. That might make this show funnier. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Or if you got some, like, weed. I mean, I don't... I mean, we're not condoning that, Mr. Stoner. (laughs) Um, well, that's only, oh, I get, I see what you did there. Okay. I get, <laughs> um, you know, some states is legal to smoke weed, so, you know, it will be really yeah, funny. You just got to pick the right weed. Hi. I mean, because some of the stuff out in the yard is really gross. <laughs> so this episode, Jimmy, is all about the boys finding lost money. Have you ever yeah. found money just laying around on the ground? Um, not that I can remember. Um, if I did, it certainly wasn't any large. I'm sure I found money laying around, but it was never any large sum of money. Um, but I found back in the day when mobile phones and car phones weren't popular, like they were popular, but not everybody had them. I found a mobile phone. Oh, and it turned on and it worked. And I was like, what the hell? So I brought it back to the house. I didn't know what to do with it. And I 
I, I turned it on to see if it worked and it came on and I immediately turned it back off again. <laughs> so I was like, what do I do? And my mom's like, well, somebody's going to come looking for it. Like, turn it on. Wait for it to ring. I'm like, okay. So I turned it on and like, I think within 10 minutes it rang and they're like, who is this? I said, uh, Jimmy, <laughs> said, who is this? You like, this said, who is this new phone? <laughs> I'm like, this is my phone. I'm like, okay. Like, where'd you find it? I'm like, at, laying on the ground at the store. Well, I need it back. Well, I assume that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why I turned on the phone. <clears throat> so they came by and picked it up and they were thankful, but they were kind of <laughs> thankful in kind of an asshole way. They were just like, Oh man, thanks. And <clears throat> drove off. Okay, cool. <laughs> Dick. Yeah. They didn't like to let you make a phone call as like a reward. You know, I'll tell you what, you can make a phone call. One phone call. I, I pranked my mom from, from, I was sitting in my car in the driveway and I pranked yeah. my mom from the car. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause like asking somebody, where are you was like unheard of back then. Exactly. Like, where I'm are in you? My no, I swear I'm in my car. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've yeah. had, I've actually been very lucky throughout my life. I found money like, like a lot of times throughout my life. Yeah. <laughs> some were small amounts, some were large amounts. Like I, I don't know. I have like this, I don't know, some sort of a money detector cool. within me. I don't know. Um, I remember finding, like, when I was a teenager, I found, like, I don't know, like eight bucks laying on the ground in the grocery store. We're starting small here. If you remember a few years ago, Jimmy, we, you and I went to, uh, where did we go? Supercon down in Miami? Yeah, yeah. Remember that day? And then as yeah, we're walking like $20 through the gates, on the ground or something? I found 10, two fives, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, and I picked it up, and you were like, holy shit, and I, and I yeah, gave yeah. you a five, and I kept a five or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, told you, I'm like, I find money all the time. Um, several years ago, I found a brown wallet on the ground <laughs> with, um, I think it had $140 in it. Nice. Um, did you turn it I in? I didn't. <laughs> did it have ID? I, I, huh? Did it have identification in it? <laughs> it did, but I attempted to look for these people. So I didn't like completely like be a dick. I, I did looked attempt it up on to look Facebook and I couldn't find them. So <laughs> no, no. I mean, like I I looked, I knocked on all the doors, like of of like, you know, I was in a complex and I yeah. knocked on the doors around it. Nobody <clears> answered the door, and I was like, well, what the hell? I was like, well, I'll hold on to it for a few days. Maybe some something will turn up, or somebody will be like, hey, did anybody find a wallet? And then <laughs> so wait a minute, I, wait a minute. If it had ID in it, why didn't you just go to the apartment? Well, the that, the ID wasn't for a resident, a current resident. Oh, oh, oh. I'd okay. already asked. Um, okay. And so I just kind of threw the wallet in a drawer and just kind of forgot about it. And then like a month went by and I was like, oh shit, I forgot I have this wallet. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm sure they've taken care of the problem now. So yeah, I was, I was a dick. I kept the cash and I threw everything else away, but I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's not my finest moments, but I really needed money at the time, and this was what like was the godsend. person's name? I don't even know. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it was my. Oh no. <clears throat> um. So I did not. Uh, I was not like the boys here in this episode because yeah. 
I didn't remember well, this no, episode. No, no. The, as we'll find out, the boys were little assholes. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike was the cool um, guy. Everybody else was a bunch of dicks. So. Yeah. And there was another time I found, what was it, like 80 bucks on the ground once? Nice. Um, Just laying there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, there's been a, a good handful of times I found cash on the ground. and I found a diamond nice. ring once. Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Is that the one your wife's wearing now? <laughs> like sweet. <clears throat> no, this was like yellow gold with like some kind of. It may have been a diamond, it may have been something else, but it was real gold. So that's mm. cool. It's a neat album. That's cool. Yep. All right. Well, let's take our first break. And when okay. we come back, we're going to get into this episode. And uh, please, people, don't judge me. I was a dick for. Keeping the cash, but whatever. I mean, it's I feel fine. bad, but anywho. All right, we'll be back. Okay. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. We got The Brady Bunch, Season 2, Episode 7, entitled The Treasure of Sierra Avenue. Uh, facts about the episode first aired on November 6, 1970, written by Gwen Bagney and Paul Dubov. I don't know how to say that. Directed by our good old buddy Oscar Rudolph, Jimmy. Hmm. And no uh, strange facts about this? No, I, I looked up some interesting facts. I didn't see anything, but I really don't know the reference to Treasure of Sierra Avenue. I don't know what that. They don't even I'm live on Sierra that's Avenue. That's where they were playing. Oh, I mean, maybe there's. So. Um, I think there was a movie called Treasure of the Sierra Madres. Um, so I think it's okay. a play on words with that. Usually, you see stuff like that in IMDb when you look up, you know, the fun facts. But it, there wasn't anything. I don't know. So I don't know. All right, <clears throat> so this is an interesting episode. We're going to get into it. You ready? Yes, sir. So we fade in. Scene one. Scene one. We open up and see Greg, Peter, and Bobby playing football outside on a vacant lot. They're currently in a huddle talking about a play they're about to do. Of course, they're the only ones playing, so I was a little confused <laughs> on why they were huddling at all. But anyway, after the play is run, Bobby runs after the ball and suddenly is face to face with a wallet left on the ground. Greg picks it up and says, wow, it's full of tens and twenties and fifties. It's a fortune. Why, <laughs> why is Bobby the only one wearing a helmet? 
And like his, he's the one kid that the helmet won't fit, and he's the only one wearing a helmet. <laughs> I thought of that too. I was like, my my take on it was okay. They only have one helmet, and they figured it's like right. either a they were like Bobby, you should wear because you're the smallest one here. You're more likely to get hurt. Or he was like, I want to wear the helmet. I want it fine. Whatever, just shut up. You right. know, kind of, that's the only thing I can think of. And there, I, one thing I noticed is they're actually shooting on location. Like yeah, this, it looked this, like this wasn't it wasn't like a set. It wasn't like an yeah, indoor yeah. set or anything. Yeah, it's <clears throat> cool. Um, when Bobby says, "Now, aren't you glad I played?" at the end of the scene, mm-hmm. it sounds like it was done in post. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're like, I don't. Because the audio was totally different than the rest of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of strange. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Scene two. Scene two. Greg is now in the kitchen at the table with Bobby, Peter, Carol, and Alice. He counts out the money and discovers the total to be $1,100. $1,100. That's a lot of money even for today. Yeah. So, I did some math here, as you can see, and... Because it's right there in notes. I'm not going to attempt to go, do you know, Jimmy? Do you know how much it is? <laughs> yeah. So the the <clears throat> difference of 1970, 1100 versus 2020 money is that instead of it being 1100 so today it would be $7,268.90. That's how much it would be That's in that wallet. That's a lot of money for little kids to find. That's a lot. Of, I would cry if I found that kind of money. Because you yeah, know me, yeah. I'll fucking keep it. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you're like what? I looked at doors. Doors. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the doors. Didn't open. Oh, well, I called out. I said, "Hey, anybody named Steve here? No. All right. <laughs> Found a wallet. Wallet. <laughs> no. Oh well. <clears throat> neither should. That's why I put. That's why I put a chain on my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So Carol comments on how worried the owners of the wallet and money must be. Greg comments on how there isn't any identification in the wallet anywhere. Carol then says, well, it must belong to somebody. She's a fucking genius here, by the way. <laughs> Bobby says, yeah, me. Greg and Peter argue that they all found it. Carol then chimes in and says, I'm your mother, so can I get into this argument? Greg then pushes Carol away by saying, Mom, please. I thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> <clears throat> so Kara has a look of shock in her face as the boys continue to argue <laughs> on who actually found the wallet <laughs> just then Carol decides she's had enough and does what any civilized housewife should do is call her husband <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Craig then asks why she's calling Mike Carol says well I thought you might like to tell your father and how you struck gold and how you're gonna going to share it yeah. Greg takes the phone from Carol Greg tries to tell Mike about the money found, but Mike is way too busy and rushes him off the phone, only to realize what he had just said by Greg after he hangs up. And he goes, $1,100? Why wasn't Carol's first reaction to call the police? Because Mike probably told her, you're not allowed to call the police. You're not allowed to call. You call me first. Right. The and only people if you're allowed I, to call without my permission is the fire department. That's it. <laughs> is it from Eddie Murphy Delirious or Raw or something like that? 
<laughs> I get to the house, fire department. Like, How'd you know the house on fire? Why <laughs> she called the police? She called the fire. <laughs> but that's the first thing I thought was like, if my kids came home and said, "Dad, we found a wallet with seven thousand dollars in it," I'd yeah. be like, "That's freaking drug money. You need to go put that back. <laughs> that's way too much money." <laughs> yeah. Scene three. We now cut to Alice in the girls' room helping them clean up and make their beds. She says, that is a lot of bread. Isn't that what you kids call money these days? Cindy (laughs) then runs off, and Alice stops her and says, ask where she's going. Cindy says, downstairs to see the bread, and she runs off. Jan then walks over to the desk to see how she can divide $1,100 by six and realizes that each of the kids get... Uh, $183.33, uh, which, by the way, <laughs> I did some more math here. <laughs> so divided six ways, each kid gets $1,211.46. Holy shit. That's fucking nice. Anyway, Alice says, if you're so good at figuring, how come you only got a C plus in math? Jen says, this isn't math. This is money, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Alice then brings up the question, we're all thinking, so you think the boys are going to want to share? <laughs> Marsha says, why shouldn't they? Marsha was, she's being like ex machina chick. <laughs> <laughs> Who Marsha is? Yeah, she's just yeah, like, yeah. why shouldn't they? You know, and Jan adds, sure, you know how dad is always saying how. How families should be one for all and all for one. Marsha adds a smile. Yeah, and we're one big happy family. And we're their loving sisters. And they're They're, our loving brothers. They're acting like they're trying to seduce them. It's kind (laughs) of creepy. Like (laughs) They use that loving sisters and loving brothers a lot in this episode. Yes, yeah. It's really kind of gross. But I found it really funny that Alice knew the term bread. Because, like, that means Alice has a history. Like, that's a new thing now. Like, Alice did something <laughs> before she, like, Mike rescued Alice from the streets. Because Alice was either a hooker uh, or a pimp or she was a drug dealer or something. Like, how she had a history. Like, just the way she was so, like, familiar with that shit and how the money did not impress her. Like, she's got a history. <laughs> money was nothing. She wasn't like, wow, look at all that money. She was just yeah. like, what? I see, I used to that shit every exactly, fucking yeah. night. Yeah. I used to use that much to snort my cocaine <laughs> off a hooker's ass. That's what she was thinking. <laughs> Alice has a history. And I think that pretty much proved it. It's true. Never thought about that. And also, everybody but Alice is fucking greedy as hell on this. Drugs and nuts. Because 1100 bucks was nothing at. Nothing to Alice back in the 60s. And Hell so, yeah, no, it she, wasn't. <clears throat> she's like seven grand. That shit out of here. <laughs> I thought you said you found money. <laughs> yeah, I don't carry anything less than hundreds, so fuck out. Shit, I used to fucking snort seven grand a fucking night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marsha continues smiling. <laughs> Uh, really big and looking off into the vast void. Wow. That's $183.33 for each of, each of the six of us. She already fucking spent the money in her head already. It, it just drives me nuts how everybody, because really it's Peter's. He's the one that found it. And it drives me nuts how everybody 
not just has their hand out, is assuming that it's given to them. Like, that drives me nuts. I can't stand that. Yeah. And, like, the parents not once ever got offered anything. Right. You know, it's like, I know you pay the bills right here. I'm oh, sorry. Mike wasn't offered anything. He yeah. don't do shit. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, Dad, maybe we can help out with some bills around here. Like, you know. Said yeah. no kid ever. <laughs> Scene four. Now we see the boys in their room, and Greg is figuring out how much the $1,100 is divided between just the three boys. By the way, that's $2,422.92 <laughs> just for the boys. So Bobby is sitting in the chair to keep the door locked as Peter is with Greg at the desk. Greg says, so that's $366.66 for each of the three of us. Just then, there's a knock at the door. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's the girls. And we hear Marsha on the other side of the door saying, it's your loving sisters. <laughs> Greg tells Bobby to let him in. As they walk in, real quick, did you notice how Greg acted right there? Because, like, everybody in the room is like, this is our money. And they're like little pirates and shit. Like, oh, we found our booty, all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And it's like, there's a knock on the door. Like, knock, 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 knock. Who the fuck is it? Oh, it's your (laughs) lemon scissors. Get the fuck out of here. And Greg's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We we, we can let the girls in. We can let them in. Like, come on. So, this is, I think, this is another example of him having a crush on Marsha. Everybody else was like, "Get the fuck out!" But he's like, "No, hold on a second. Marsha's out there. Like, she, you know, they can yeah, come in. Let's let Marsha in. You know, no. There's nothing wrong with them coming inside. I want to see her. I want to let her see me balling over here. You notice cash. how that money was front and center when they walked in. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> he knew what was up. <clears throat> I think he even put like a wad like on his dick too. I don't know. He probably that was did. Weird. Yeah. Like, I do. Oh, I mean, all this money, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> As they walk in, they immediately walk over to the desk where the money is, and Greg snatches it up. Marsha comments on how that is a lot of money. Jan asks, what are you blocking the door for? The boys say that it's dangerous to leave the money lying around in case, you know, the house was robbed, you know. Greg says, we were trying to find a good, safe hiding place. Marsha walks over and puts her hand on his shoulder and says, that's a good idea, brother. (laughs) Jen then says, well, she's reminding him like, hey, I'm your sister, you're my brother, and you have great ideas, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Jen then Jan says, we wouldn't want anything to happen to our money. Peter then barks out, your money. (laughs) Greg tells him it's our money. He then walks over to his bed and puts the wall under the pillow and sits on it. Jen asks, you mean you won't share? <laughs> Marcia, that's very good. That's how, that's how she sounds, dude. <laughs> you, you won't share? And Marsha adds, once again, with your loving sisters? <laughs> Cindy says... And you notice that every time Jan talks like that, she shakes her head back and forth? You notice that? <laughs> why no. does she do that? With your sisters? Like, Why are you saying no? <laughs> Cindy then says, we all love each other. And that's a lot of bread, which I thought was kind of funny because it's a callback to the new word she just learned. And I don't know. <laughs> uh, Peter reminds the girls that they weren't even there when they found it. Jan argues, we'd share the money Neither if we he. found it. He wasn't there when they found it either. Bobby's the one that found it. Well, he was just a few feet away, but yeah. yeah. 
Greg retorts, well, we wouldn't expect you to, which I thought was a pretty good argument. Um, Marsha throws her hands on her hips and declares, well, if the Brady boys are going to be selfish, then the Brady girls just aren't going to talk to them. (laughs) Sorry, I just, I was wanting so bad for the boys to go, no, no, wait, wait. I'm going to make it like a sound and just like slam the door. No, what, you're not going to talk to us? It's okay, we're going to be spending money, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Get my big screen. And then, and then Marsha attempts to leave in a huff, but is quickly stopped by Mike, who enters the room. Well, it's going to be quite difficult living in the same house, not talking to each other, isn't it? Yeah. Mike says. All the kids start arguing with each other, and Mike yells out, hold it! And everybody shut the fuck up, too. Exactly. Why? Because he's got the dick. He does, yeah. <laughs> Big, glorious... Well, one what? <laughs> I'm going to put on the I'm going to put an end to this problem here and now. Mike looks at Greg with his hand held out and says, "The wallet, please." <laughs> Greg retrieves the wallet from under his pillow and hands it to Mike. Greg asks what he's going to do with it. Mike says, "I'm going to turn it over to the police department because that's what people that's where people usually go when they lose something, hoping that somebody honest is going to turn it in." Peter then asks, if there is no identification, Mike retorts, ID or no ID, we know it's not ours, don't we? Marcia then giggles and says, you're absolutely right, Dad. Jan adds with a smug look on her fucking bitch face. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and Cindy, well, fucking, me too. And they all giggle as they leave the room. Fucking giggling. Like a little fucking. And giggling our asses off. Greg then asks well what happens if nobody claims it then it's ours isn't it like this is my fear if I was to win the lottery because (laughs) I come from a big family and like everybody would expect me to like like split it evenly maybe not maybe I'm you know but and I think yeah. in Florida, I could be wrong, but I think in Florida, you have to give your name. I don't think you can anonymously take it anymore. Um, I don't know. That would suck. So, but the first thing I would do is get a lawyer, <laughs> hand the money over to the lawyer and be like, I'm going to direct all calls to you. Well, <laughs> like, okay, let's say that you, in Florida, you have to give your name, right? Right. So I'm assuming they announce the winner or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tell me the name of the winner who won last week. No idea. Exactly. But if even if anybody in the circle of friends found out, like, you know, like, right. oh, my God, Tack won, Tack won the lottery. Holy shit. They'd be spreading like, wow, but did you know Tack fucking won the lottery? Are you kidding? Like, it would spread really quick. As soon as they heard some dude named yeah. Tack from Titusville found won the lottery, everybody would fucking know. Yeah, so. I guess it would be really hard to keep a secret. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. So I would just be telling everybody, you got to contact my lawyer. He has the money. <laughs> Sorry. I like your little math problem you have in the notes. Money plus people equals assholes. Yeah, money plus people equals assholes. Like it's, I hate this mentality. I can't stand it. I hate it. <laughs> I'm reminded of a Slipknot song called People Equal Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's say I won like $2 million, right? Yeah. And I That's gave not you, enough I'm to like, share with everybody. It's really not. Yeah, but like Especially if I won like... taxes. Well, if I won like $2 million... 
And I'm like, hey, Tack, yeah. man, I just want to hook you up. Here's five grand. You'd be like, you fucking kidding me right now? Like, you want $2 million? You're going to be 5000 <laughs> think That's would, like, would that's like me that. having $200 and giving you five cents. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's the attitude, and that's the attitude everybody would have. But the problem is, is if you win like $2 million, let's say, you know, and you give 20 people $5,000, you know, that's like $100,000. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, then it becomes, well, yeah, I only give you five grand, but I gave <clears> 19 <throat> other people five grand. So, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about a hundred grand I gave away. Yeah, but so, it's me, I, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I just That's what that everybody would say. Everybody would say that, though. But it's me. You know, yeah, I'm your yeah. loving sister, or yeah. I'm your loving cousin that you haven't talked to in like yeah. six months. But, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is I have uh, three brothers, three sisters, and the last time I counted like 30 something nieces and nephews. And that's not even <laughs> counting great nieces and nephews. So, <laughs> and then I have well, a bunch sweet. of aunts and uncles and a bunch of cousins. And so, it'd be a nightmare. It'd be horrible. Yeah. You say, I did the math and everybody is allowed to have 84 cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way I'm sharing with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would hook up a select amount of people and the rest, I would just have to tell them, I, you're going to have to contact my lawyer. They're the ones that control it. Yeah. I don't know. I well, think even about if this a like, lot. Even if you get a financial advisor, right, which I recommend, right. you get a financial advisor and they'll, they'll tell you straight up, like, no, you can't, like, no, you're not fucking giving away this amount of money. And by the way, you're only legally allowed tax-free to give away so much money per year. So okay. I think it's somewhere around $11,000 you're allowed to give away. And That's then, how much I'm allowed to give away or how much you're allowed to receive? Uh, well, without it being taxed, you're allowed to gift $11,000 to someone. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah. I mean, in but your you're financial allowed to buy advisor, things for people, right? Yeah. yeah you can spend okay. your you want. Of course, once again, your financial advisor is going to be like, like, what do you want? Because they're they're like your mom, dude. I'm telling you, these financial advisors mm-hmm. are straight up dicks sometimes. Like, what do you? What is it you want to get? And they're like, well, right. I was thinking about buying this. Like, well, are you going to pay cash for it or are you going to finance it? Like, well, I don't know. I was thinking about just buying cash. Like, no, the fuck you're not. You're going to fucking finance it for four years. And if you don't get this APR, you're not fucking doing it. You know? See, with so, me, like my attitude, I'd be like, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come to your office. You're getting my money back or you're going to be bitch slapped as hard as I can. Like, you're not talking to me like that. That's <laughs> of course, my fucking money. In the end, they have to do whatever you tell them. But right, right. their job is to advise you and tell you what's the best way to go about something. So, yeah. Anyhow. Well, really, their their job is to make interest off of your money. That's their job. Well, yeah, and they're going to do sure. that however way they feel like it. Right, but they can't tell you no. You can't do. It, but you know, they'll right, advise right. you all day. But anyway, so scene five. So now we quickly cut to Mike and Carol in their bedroom, and Mike says to Carol, "If nobody claims," Carol says, "Well, somebody will, of course." Mike then says, "Yeah, but that's not the point." I don't like the money. I don't like what the money is doing to the boys. Exactly. Carol says, well, the girls aren't helping any by not talking. Mike adds, well, I suppose that's my fault. All that talk about all for one garbage. So <clears throat> I noticed something here. While yeah, they're in too. the bedroom talking, <laughs> Mike is like rubbing Carol's shoulders as she's sitting at her little vanity table and brushing her hair and all that. You know, because Carol's had a rough day, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What does she fucking do that she needed a fucking massage so badly? See, I didn't take it that way. I took <laughs> okay. it as Mike is trying the massage method. 
Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mike's like, well, what? Let's get that, what? Let's I'm get just that shirt giving you a massage. Here. What? <laughs> I'm not, what? I know we're not going to do anything. I'm just giving you a massage. I can't give you a back massage. That's what Mike was doing. <laughs> oh, gotcha. And also, it was kind of <clears throat> nice to see Carol favoring the boys for a change. Even if it was her own greedy reason right. why she didn't have enough money mooching off of Mike. But anyways, um, it was just kind of nice to see her favoring the boys for a change. I don't know. Yeah, nice I thought of that too. And they, they talk about it here in a second. And it was, to me, and I'm glad that Mike called her out on it. Because um, yeah. it seemed a little bit like reverse racism, you know? It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know. So Carol then comments on how they shouldn't be unfair to the boys. And after all, they are the ones that found the money. Mike yeah. calls Carol out you know, Bobby bullshit Luke, and okay. says... You know what? You're bending over backwards to favor the boys. And Carol comes back with, well, you're doing a little bending yourself, Mr. Brady. And then he says, like this, and pulls his balls out. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, he does. He's like, just one finger at first. No, sorry, no. <laughs> Carol goes on. Now, uh, what I think we should do with the money is, and then she stops herself and smiles and goes, huh, I'm as bad as the kids are. The money no. doesn't even belong to us. No, you, a woman being what? selfish. What are you no. talking about? Like, if you were as bad as the kids, then I don't know, you just like wouldn't work and just sit at home. Oh, wait. <laughs> so Mike adds, that's what I've been saying. Someone will claim it and you know how the kids are. In no time, they'll forget they were even, they weren't even speaking. See, and then they kiss. See, I, I joke like that and say like, what? She just sits at home doing it. My mom sat at home like that. <laughs> like growing up, my mom never had a job. My, my dad wouldn't want her, didn't want her to work. He was the breadwinner. She stayed at home, but we didn't have a housekeeper, Bread. obviously. So I, I say that, but at the same time, I live <clears> in the same household. Like my mom never worked. She was always at home. <laughs> no, yeah, I get so. all of all of our jokes are just jokes. <laughs> like we yeah, don't believe yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not sexist. We're not racist. We're not whatever. You know, it's yeah, just. But I mean, growing up, I never once thought my mom was mooching off my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but Carol sure the fuck is though. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She <laughs> won that dig. <laughs> We've already decided that back when they were courting, she learned all this fucking architecture lingo. And fucking <laughs> she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she learned all that shit. Well, well I'm kind of. She read a book on it. Well, I'm kind of an architecture. Look, is that a building? <laughs> yeah, what a perfect specimen. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what was he said on that one episode? He said something very specific. Me? Yeah, I guess we talked about this before in an episode. And you were like, oh, look at the... You like commented on some sort of part of a building. And it sounded like, you know... <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know, those junction archways or I don't know. The flying buttresses. Like, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. And she looks down at her hand because she wrote it on her hand. Are those <laughs> flying buttresses? Look at those flying buttresses way up high. And she quickly checks to make sure cleavage is coming out a little bit. <laughs> While he's staring up at the... Up at the <laughs> so the next morning we see Carol continue continue her trying day by filling orange juice glasses and laying them out in a line on the counter for the kids <laughs> while Alice is cooking them all breakfast. Carol says to Alice, well, that takes care of the juice, Alice. If you can handle the rest of breakfast, I'm going to go see what's going on upstairs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking pathetic. Well, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but 
Why are they eating rice for breakfast? <laughs> it's, not, it's not rice. Because it looks like just white rice. I'm like, what the hell are they eating? <laughs> I think it's oatmeal. Chris didn't uh-huh. help by her referring to it as cereal because the line was actually, if you can handle the cereal. But that's like, like cereal. stark she white, cooking? clumpy. <laughs> it was clumpy No milk fuck. cereal. Like It looked like that or like cold grits is what it looked it, like. To me, it looked like rice. It was straight up white rice. <laughs> It was mush. <clears throat> so Bobby's the first to arrive to breakfast. He is dressed as a cowboy for some reason and is yeah. greeted by a howdy partner from Alice. Jan and Cindy are next to arrive and Bobby greets them. Cindy says, hi. Oh, we're not supposed to talk. <laughs> Bobby says that he can talk if he wants to. Ooh, Cindy dang. says, <laughs> yeah, it's a free country, bitch, is what he said. Um, he said, okay, but I'm not talking to you. Jan says, that's what you're doing now, Cindy. Cindy says, I was not. And then looks at Bobby. Was I? (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. Just then, Marsha and Peter come down to join the breakfast festivities. Marsha goes to the fridge and opens it up, and then Peter stands behind her trying to see in the fridge. Peter then says, Alice, can you tell some people they're blocking the refrigerator when other people are hungry? Alice says to Marsha, Marsha... Uh, your brother says, will you excuse him, please? <laughs> Marcia then looks at Alice and says, tell him that some people are not only selfish, but they won't even wait their turn. <laughs> Marcia then shuts the refrigerator door and she sits at the table. Peter then grabs what looks like a slice of bologna and yeah. walks away, leaving the fridge door open like a dick. Alice sees this and then shuts the door. Peter then asks where Greg, Greg is. Alice tells him that he's on the phone in the family room. Peter walks into the family room to see what he's doing. But they just leave bologna sitting in the fridge, not covered? <laughs> I don't know. It's that like on gross. TV where you, where you see on TV inside a fridge, you'll see like just an apple sitting on yeah. the shelf. Like, who does yeah, yeah. that? That's weird. But I thought that was kind of gross. He eats it. I'm like, ew. You eat that crap and it's just been sitting in the fridge uncovered. You know how long that crap's been there? Know, it's, it's gross. It's going to have like that hard skin whatever no it's gonna have that slimy film all over it ew you only get that if it's like really old yeah (laughs) (laughs) so scene seven greg hangs up the phone and tells peter that he was just talking to the police and nobody has claimed the money yet and it's still there peter then says that means that maybe we're gonna get it greg sighs picks up the paper and then says don't count on it Read this. And, of course, we have to do the old joke that every TV show does about, take a look at this in the paper, and they always read the wrong (laughs) one, you know. So he hands the paper to Peter, and Peter reads, found, brown and white cocker spaniel. So what does it have to do with it? Greg says, no, 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 the next one. Peter looks back at the paper and reads, lost, brown wallet containing large sum of money, reward. And why'd you have to go and read that for? (laughs) Greg says, I couldn't help it. The paper was sitting right here by the phone. Peter then notices there's a number to call. Greg and Peter go back and forth, trying to figure out what they should do. When I saw this, a few things went through my head when I saw the scene. One is, well, the biggest thing is, who put the newspaper there and why didn't they read that part? You know what I mean? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I mean, I, well, we I already imagine... know who put the paper there. Who? 
Well, it's talked about after the break. You know, Mike said, like, yeah, that's why the paper was there, because I saw that ad. Oh, well, no, no, I didn't Spoilers catch or anything. But, no, I didn't catch yeah. that. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Gotcha. All right, so this is where we take our next break. So the Ooh. boys have found money, and they have found, and they may have found who lost it. Should they oh, call shit. the number, or shouldn't they? Hmm. Should they, shouldn't they, should they, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I set him up and you fucking knock him down. Boom. Dude. Just All like right, the we'll balls. <laughs> An old wine cabinet said to be possessed by a demon which invokes nightmares and physical harm. An island full of giant rabbits, said to appear once every seven years off the coast of Ireland. A rural family that in the dead of winter walked one by one into their barn, but never walked out. The world is full of fascinating mysteries, and the Blurry Photos podcast sheds light on the darkest corners of the unknown. With a new storytelling-focused format, Blurry Photos brings legends to life and examines if there's any fact behind the supposed fictions. Join me, David Flora, as I explore the unexplained and explain the unexplored on the Blurry Photos podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. Oh, you were talking to the people, remember? Well, no, you too. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and do you know what, Tack? What? It's game time. All right. Okay, we have four questions today. Okay. They are not multiple choice. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> ah, they pertain to this episode. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> Unlike all those other times when they didn't. Um, <laughs> no, just being sarcastic. <clears throat> um, people at home, you're more than welcome to play at home. Uh, but you're not going to get anything for it if you win. Neither are you, Tech, so that's okay. Bragging rights. Okay, you ready? I am ready. Okay, question number one. Okay. In the opening scene... Yeah. Which boy is wearing Chuck Taylors? Ooh, I didn't notice. Or um, Chuck Taylor style shoes. They look like Chuck Taylors. Okay. For those people um, at home don't, that don't know what Chuck Taylors are, they're Converse All-Stars. Yeah, just Google it. You'll know what we're talking yeah. about. Um, I didn't notice, but I'm going to take a guess. It seems like shoes that Peter would wear. Is that your final answer? Yes. No, Bobby. Oh. Little bitty Bobby. Well, shoot the luck. <laughs> like Question number two. Ooh. This one might be a little bit obscure, but like I said, like there wasn't a whole lot to get to choose from in this episode. All right. 
in the first half of the episode. Yeah. Right, what number is on Greg's t-shirt? Ooh. Um. I have no idea. Let's go with his baseball number, which I think was 35. I don't know. No, his number is 40 in this. Mm. Yeah, it's just a green t-shirt that says 40 on it. Not sure why. 40. <laughs> this right. one you should get. And I'm going to give you an extra okay. credit point on this one, too, if you can get it. Oh, okay. cool. This is kind of a two-parter. I got a feeling you're going to get it. Okay. Out of <clears throat> the three boys in this episode, yeah, who wears a hat? Oh... Um, Bobby? Yes. All right. And extra credit. What type of hat was it? Um, is it too broad if I just say a sports team? <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't be right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> well, when he enters the kitchen, he goes up to Alice and Alice says, howdy. Remember? Yeah. Because he's, he's dressed a cowboy like hat. a... Exactly. Yeah. Cowboy. Oh, I thought you, I was thinking like in the. I gotcha. Oh. You're like, yeah, he was dressed like a cowboy. What, Jimmy? Can you come out and say it? <laughs> so, what kind of hat was he wearing? <laughs> All right, last question. All right. How many total? What's the total amount of ties Mike wears in this episode? Oh and I'll, I'll give you an extra credit on this one too. <laughs> what? What's the extra credit? I have to tell you what color. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, how many different ties does he wear in the episode? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and think and say that's a trick question because he didn't wear a tie in this episode. No, he wears Damn. one tie. Oh. Do you want to take okay. a guess at what the colors on it was? Blue and white. No, black and gray. <laughs> <laughs> but you got one right, so that's cool. So 25%. Better than we ever did in school. And that's the game. Alright. You notice I busted out with the Biloxi Blues uh quote again. <laughs> yeah, another another Biloxi Blues reference. Heck yeah. Alright, so let's continue with the episode. Okay. When we left off. Yes. The boys found a wallet with $1,100 in it. No ID, though, right? The girls are mad because the boys won't split it with them. Mm. But Greg and Peter may have found who the wallet belongs to because Mm. of a lost and found ad in the paper. Mm. Currently, they're contemplating. Let's see what they decide to do. Mm-hmm. After deliberating back and forth, Peter and Greg decide that the right thing to do is to call the number. Greg picks up the phone and dials the number. Peter's prepping Greg to make sure that he tells him exactly where they found it and how much was inside, and he's dialing the number. And once the guy picks up the phone, Greg asks for the description of the wallet and how much was inside. But it turns out, Jimmy, it's not the guy. The guy lost a different wallet altogether. <laughs> And these people in this episode are rude as hell. Because they're like, yeah, can you describe the wallet? Uh, You're wrong. And they just fucking hang out. They go, no, motherfucker. Thank you for calling. Hope you find it. I'll pray for you. Whatever. It's just like, nope, click. 
So Mike walks in and hears Greg on the phone. Peter says to Greg, boy, it sure pays to be honest. Mike overhears this and says, it sure does. I'm proud of the both of you. And this is where he was saying it. But I already called that ad. Peter oh. asks, you called? Mike says he did, and that's why the paper is near the phone. Greg lights <laughs> up and says, what? Sorry, so let's just give the guy a false sense of hope and have somebody call again. Knowing damn right well it's not the right guy. wallet. Like, he's like, I'm like, two calls. Oh, God, we got another hit. We got, yeah, oh, it's the same fucking family. Damn it. <laughs> well, they don't know that. <laughs> um, so Greg lights up and says, you know something, Dad? I feel it. That money is going to be ours. <laughs> Mike nods and says, might. Peter says, might? It's already been a whole day. <laughs> Greg adds, and nobody has even gone to the police. Mike says, well, not everyone goes to the police, and that's why I put an ad of my own in the paper. Peter says, you put one in? Greg adds, about our money? Mike reminds and corrects him about the money you found. Mike goes on to say that the ad that he placed says that a wallet was found and to call them up to identify it. Mike says, uh, now that ought to bring real results. The boys just sigh. <sighs> if this happened at my house, I would have to tell the kids, like, if it was this bad, where they're calling the police, like, calling and bugging the police, has anybody picked it up yet? You know what I mean? That kind of, and they're this antsy about it. I would have to tell, and my parents kind of did something similar to me. Um, I would have to tell them, look, it's going to go into a savings account. Two year old enough to take care of it. Like that's a lot of that's too much money for a kid your age. You know, Greg, Marsha, we're going to put this away towards a college fund. We're going to put it away towards your car fund. Yeah, the, the rest of the kids, we're going to put this away to your teenager, to your old enough. So it doesn't matter if anybody finds it because you ain't going to get this money anytime soon. And Greg would be like, "Sweet, I'm ready to buy a car next next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah, get yeah, it." Go get that huffy, baby. I was like, I, when I was little, one of my siblings gave me, um, like, put $50 in a savings account for me and my sister. $50 for me, $50 for my sister. And yeah. we, it was like, I was like 13 before I was allowed to have access to it. So, hmm. I mean, my mom, my parents kind of did the same thing to me. But, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's how I would have handled it. I just don't like the kid's attitude. It's horrible. Yeah. Scene nine. Now we see Carol attempting to put two ice trays in the freezer. Oh my God, this scene. And also opens the freezer door at the same time. So she's got two freezer trays in her hand and then trying to open the freezer door. But the freezer door is like shutting on its own. So she's having quite the difficult time. Uh, but the phone rings and she sets the trays down and walks over. Well, sets one of the trays down and walks over to answer the phone with the other tray still in her hand. The person on the phone is attempting to describe the wallet, but nope, wrong wallet. A lot of people Why? lost some wallets. Yeah, well, no, I, I took it as them lying about it. Like, uh, whoa, so. it says, well, if we can guess the amount of money that's in it, then we get to keep it. That's the way I took it. But it is Los yeah. Angeles, so there's probably a lot of people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why the hell is she messing with ice trays when they have an ice dispenser? If they have an ice dispenser, <laughs> they probably have an ice maker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did read that on IMDb, but I didn't think it was worth it to put it in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, that's a good question. So Carol now hangs up the phone and writes up writes a tick up on the chalkboard hanging in the kitchen. <laughs> it looks like this was the 
16th wrong wallet call they've received. Now it's battle with the ice trays again, and she picks up the other ice tray and attempts to put them both in the freezer again. <laughs> as she finally gets the door open and propped open, and just as she's about to put them in, the phone rings again, and she spills water all over herself. This pisses her the fuck off, and she slams the fucking trays down on the counter, splashing water everywhere. Carol has rough days. I mean, she needs more massages from Mike tonight. It's clear. She's like, like fuck know. this game. Like, fuck the game, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, this scene just cracked me up. I was laughing so hard watching this. Oh, <laughs> I can just God. see her like, like just fucking like she's had it right. She, I can see her just walking like into the family. Room. Well, not in the family room because I was trying to find a place where Alice will be, but obviously not the family room. But walking into the living room where Alice is like dusting, and she'd be like, oh, unbelievable. And then you know Alice is like, what's wrong, Mrs. Brady? She's like, fucking, fucking, you know. And and she's like, ice trays again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pour a bottle of wine and I'm going to my room and I'm gonna take a bath it would have been awesome if she would have went in the other room like in a huff and Mike was like honey would you want to get me a cold drink no I'm not gonna get you a fucking cold drink why because those ice trays suck and that's why because we can't have a refrigerator that keeps the damn freezer door open when I'm trying to put ice trays away and have him go honey we have an ice maker <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> I told you that last time <clears throat> and then she looks at Alice Alice is like I wasn't going to say anything I thought that's pretty this my only entertainment I get around here <laughs> that'd be even funnier if she was like but Alice told me that I have to and she's just like that's just how I keep her out of the kitchen like that's how I keep her out of the way I give her things to do like ice trays and salads <laughs> why don't you make a cake Miss Brady <clears throat> pouring glasses of orange juice exactly yeah yeah Huh. Oh man, that shit was so funny. <clears throat> so next we see Alice in the kitchen, and she's on the phone with another caller, but Alice is crying, and she says, <laughs> "It's a lot of money, and I'm sure you do need it. I'd like to help you. I really would. It's just it isn't the wallet that we found. I'm sorry. I'm really very sorry." <laughs> Alice then hangs up the phone, and now reveals that she's only crying because she's been she's cutting onions oh. and she goes darn onions and walks back over to the cutting board and adds another tick Alice. to the chalkboard I know <laughs> which now makes 18 Damn. fake lying people yep. in the area lying ass people trying to get some money greedy lying ass motherfuckers mm -hmm. Mike and Carol walk in carrying groceries no they, they walk in carrying lettuce <laughs> that's all that's in the bag is lettuce in both bags so. <clears throat> Mike notices Alice is crying and asks her if she's okay Alice just points out that she's only cutting onions Carol says I told you to cut the onions over running water Alice says what and miss the good cry that seems like really dark first of all <laughs> and then Mike and Carol just laugh <laughs> oh silly Alice <laughs> Alice you <know>. is miserable <laughs> she's miserable hates her life <laughs> awesome. you know she's like dating Sam but she never gets a fucking day off but you know she probably is also still fighting her feelings for Jan you know it's just like <laughs> there's a lot going on in her head She's dating she, Sam, but the only meat she's getting is the kind she takes home and cooks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey-oh. 
My guess, if there were any calls about the wallet, Alice says, 18 so far. Peter and Bobby come in and ask if the money is still safe. Carol tells them that it is so far. Mike reminds the boys that the police can hold it on for a long time. Peter chimes in and says, the law says six months. Mike and Carol look at each other like, what the fuck? (laughs) Peter goes on, unless, of course, you assume liability. Mike says, oh, that's very interesting, Peter. Go on. Peter continues, well, if you sign for it, you can ask the police to give us the wallet right now, hold it ourselves for six months in the bank and collect the interest. Bobby nods his head and adds, that's how it works. Mike and Carol look shocked. Carol asks where they learned all that. Peter says, Google. No. (laughs) He says, "Uh, Joey's dad told me. He's a lawyer. Mike says, well, we certainly appreciate you checking this out so thoroughly. Peter says, that's okay. Just let me know how you want to handle it, Dad. And the boys walk off. Alice says, there you go. Or there they go. Howard Hughes and J. Paul Getty. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Man, Alice. J. Paul. (laughs) Yeah, it's <laughs> a hoot. Oh, so, man. like, I heard a reference. Like, we all know who Howard Hughes is. Like, yeah, that's yeah. obvious. But I had no clue who the hell J. Paul Getty was. So I did some research. So, do you know who he is? Without reading my notes, no, <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. So J. Paul Getty founded Getty Oil Company. Okay, I don't know. I've never heard of it. And in 1957, Fortune magazine named him the quote richest living American. Hmm. And Guinness Book of Records named him richest private citizen in 1966, worth an estimated $1.2 billion. He was a billionaire in the 60s? Yeah. And you know how I love my conversion. So in 2020 money, (laughs) he would have been worth $9.7 billion. That's insane. Yeah. That's $9 million million bills. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. It's nuts. Jeez. Too much money for me to fathom. (laughs) When I heard this scene, though, the first thing I thought was, should the boys really be going around telling people that they found this wallet? Like, that's probably why they're getting so many damn phone calls asking, (laughs) asking, hey, is it this much money? Because they're going around blabbing all their friends. Oh, we found a bunch of money. You know what I mean? (laughs) Really? What did it look like? What was the brown wallet? Oh, nice try, fucker. (laughs) So Mike says to Carol, all those kids think about is the money since they found the wallet. Carol adds, and it isn't even theirs yet. Really? Really, Carol? This was your addition to the conversation. Mike continues, and that's what concerns me. What's going to happen if they even get it? Hmm. Scene 11. Next, we see Marsha working on homework in the family room at the table. Greg walks in and asks Marsha for some paper. Marsha stops him and declares, Just a moment, please. When it comes to sharing in this house, it comes to certain people in this house who don't care to. Greg barks back, I always share paper with you. Marsha says, Back, not when it's green with numbers on it and you find it in a wallet. She means money, Jimmy. That's what she oh, was referring oh, to. Okay. I know. I was thinking, like, man, what? he has some stupid looking paper for his homework. Like, <laughs> presidential flashcards? Yeah. Greg stops and looks at her and says, come on, Marsha. Marsha squints her eyes and says, you don't share with us 
we don't share with you. And then she picks up her book and leaves the room in a huff. I hate Marsha. <laughs> Why? <clears throat> She's just such an evil-spirited person. Like, the only time Marsha is truly happy is when things are going well for Marsha. Like, she's the kind of person that <laughs> if things are going well for somebody else, whether it's at her expense or not, she's unhappy. Unless it's <laughs> unless it somehow benefits her. Like, hmm. I hate Marsha. I hate the character Marsha. She's so shallow, I can't stand <laughs> it. <clears throat> yeah, well... <clears throat> So scene 12, Peter is now in the bathroom and he's combing his hair in front of the mirror. Jan enters and asks what he's doing. Peter says, trying to figure out how my hair looks best. Jan says, comb down all over your face. <laughs> like Justin uh, Bieber? I guess. Mm, Peter man, now puts, pretty progressive. <laughs> Peter now puts down the comb and picks up a brush sitting next to him that was sitting next to him on the counter and begins brushing his hair. Jen asks, now what do you think you're doing? Peter announces, I told you, I'm trying to figure out how my hair looks best. Jen attacks with, I mean, you're using my hairbrush. <laughs> Peter retorts with, I always use your hairbrush. Jen holds her hand out, smiles, and says, not anymore, Mr. Stingy. And then walks off. In you, know, you know as soon as she left, he spit on her toothbrush. <laughs> you know he, no, did. he didn't spit on it he pulled yeah, he it out did. and like rubbed it on his balls and then <laughs> stuck it back in the cup and was like fuck yeah he wiped it up his ass cracked and put it back <laughs> <laughs> Cindy is now out on the back porch and she is seen sitting at the table with a few strings of black licorice mm. <laughs> putting it on a table outside with no plate <laughs> that is awesome and then she carries them in her hand, like putting her fingerprints and shit all over them. Like, and Bobby <laughs> wanted that. Look him. Bobby enters and sits next to her. Cindy starts to hand him a piece and asks, "Want a piece? A piece of licorice is what she literally licorice. called it. She pronounced it like phonetically, licorice." Bobby lights him and says, "Yeah." Which why? Because it's the most disgusting it's thing gross, that's yeah. ever made. Yeah. Maybe it tasted different back then, because right now it tastes like ass. Like I think they use ass I don't to make think it. So. It tastes like Jan's toothbrush now. Bobby <laughs> <laughs> lights up and says, "Yeah." Cindy snatches it back and says, "I bet, <laughs> I bet you do." It's <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> she gathers up the rest and goes inside. Says, I bet you do. I, I, for some reason, I just thought of you when that scene happened. I was like, oh my God, that's Jimmy like all day. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Not that you'd be like a dick like that, but just like you would do that as a joke. Like, hey, you want some of this? Yeah, I bet you do. Oh, yeah. yeah that's something my brother Rick would have done. <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't get out of my head just a minute ago. Like, how funny would it have been if Jan was brushing her teeth? She'd be like, <laughs> Why does this taste like licorice? <laughs> black licorice. licorice. Why does this taste like black licorice? This is so gross. Black licorice and, and like outside dust and, and Cindy fingerprints. <laughs> Do you mean uh, Peter's balls? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it tastes like. Yeah. 
Mike and Carol noticed this from the kitchen, and <laughs> they were in the table inside. And Carol says to Mike, seems to me things are getting slightly out of hand around here. <laughs> Mike looks at her and says, I'm with you, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to do some straightening out pronto. <laughs> and he gets up from the table. <sighs> That's pretty funny. I don't, I don't, I'm still giggling about that. <laughs> I'm st- I still can't have this image out of my head of, of Jan and her brushing her teeth. It's like, oh, my toothbrush <laughs> tastes like shit. <laughs> Marsha comes in. It is shit, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Marsha comes in. Let me th- let me try. Oh no, that's balls. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Let me smell again. It's Peter's yeah, balls. Yeah, that's oh. Peter's balls. <laughs> So I put it here as a possible break if needed. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think. I'm sure. Because the word mm. giggling fits anyways. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> oh, so on that note, let's take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we'll finish up this episode. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This show's so funny. I'm disturbed. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, 71.2, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And welcome back. That was a good break. That was a good break. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So Mike calls another family meeting in the family room with all the kids seated in front of them. Mike and Carol walk up and Mike says, this is all becoming a house divided. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. Carol chimes in and all for something you don't even have. Ha <laughs> ha. Mike continues. You should have turned on like somebody talking to you. <laughs> Mike continues, your mother and I share all our good fortune, and we share it with all of you. Carol oh, chimes back in. Every d- <laughs> and Cheryl, like, Carol's like, every day we do. <laughs> like, Mike <laughs> yeah. looks at her like, what the fuck kind of fortune are you sharing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> huh. Now, Mike comes back and he says, it's time, all, it's time you all came together and called a truce to the Civil War. Mm. And that's an order. Mike says to Mike, Mike says to Mike, well, wow, nice. <laughs> Greg says to Mike, 
please, Dad, just a minute. And Greg and the other bro- boy, oh, God. Greg and the other boys all huddle up to discuss. Just then, Greg announces, okay, we'll share. Marcia asks, you really mean it? They all agree. Carol adds, a very wise decision. And Mike and Carol exit the family room into the kitchen. Here's another military reference by Mike, by the way. So, What's that? Where he goes, and that's an order. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think that the boys necessarily should have had to share evenly. I don't think Bobby should have had to share evenly. <laughs> okay, I know you really want to like boil it down to just Bobby, but... He's I think, the one that found it, yeah. Well, the three boys were together. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they should be sharing with the girls. Even if they do share with the girls, it shouldn't be an even share like at all. No, no I agree. It should not. I don't think it should be an even share. <clears throat> I think it'd be like, look, we found $1,100. We'll give you each like $100. And the rest of yeah. it belongs to us. Like we Which found is it. still we were really good. This is right. free money for you and a lot of money for you. Yeah. You know, and for you doing nothing, just being living in the same house as us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. In the kitchen, Mike says to Carol, well, boys need to learn and at an early age that girls will cost them money. <laughs> Carol scoffs. <laughs> that was yeah. great. <clears throat> I thought that was kind of ironic her saying that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, girls cost money, right, honey? Right? Right? It would be funny if Mike gave her a high five. Right? A, p- a pie, right? Right? No. Okay, never mind. You know how it is. You know. Yeah. <laughs> So back in the family room, Marcia tells um, tells thanks to Greg for deciding to share. Jane and Cindy follow suit. Peter adds, heck, even six ways, it's a lot of money. Greg suddenly gets up and starts to think. He lights up and says, hey, wow. All the kids get up and ask what he's thinking. Greg continues, it just came to me why dad called this big meeting. He must really think we're going to get the money. And all the kids cheer. Hooray. (laughs) Okay. Scene 17. Later, we see Mike in his den doing man work and the phone rings. It's a car salesman on the phone saying that if he puts $150 down, he can get the car. Mike laughs and says, I think you got the wrong Mr. Brady. He then realizes it's for Greg. (laughs) He puts the man on, on the phone on hold and calls for Greg. Greg is on his way, but Carol walks in and says, Mike, guess who was just at the back door? One of Peter's friends. Peter offered to buy his 10-speed bike for him. Just then, Greg enters the den. Mike hands Greg the phone and says, Uh, phone for you. A Mr. Greg Brady has been pricing cars. Of course, Carol fucking jumps out of her fucking skirt. Like, what? You know. (laughs) Greg gets on the phone and tells the salesman to forget about it. And he hangs up the phone. Carol sighs and says, what in the world is going to be next around here? (laughs) Just then, right on cue, Cindy Mm -hmm. comes walking into the den. Cindy says, can I have a stamp, Daddy? I want to send away for a horse. Mike and Carol look at each other. And Mike says, any questions? (laughs) The phone rings yet again, and Mike picks up. It's the police. And they have called to say that the owner of the lost wallet has picked it up and just left the station. Thank goodness. Mike says, that's wonderful. Mike tells the news to Greg, Carol, and Cindy. And Carol says, oh, thank goodness. Just like you, Jimmy. That's just what. That's just the best news I've heard all week. Right. Greg says, yeah, whoopee. Did you notice when Greg 
I'm sorry, when um, when Mike calls for Greg, like Carol was yeah. like sitting outside of the room. Like she was, <laughs> I don't know she, she didn't was even give herself that. time to stand up. Like she was Johnny on the spot with that shit. So she must've been like eavesdropping or something because she was way, way, way too quick walking into that room. Hold up a second. You're, you're accusing a woman of eavesdropping. Yeah. And somebody yeah, else's conversation. Like she's ever broken into his office and, you know, gone through a shit. <laughs> 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 So scene 18, all the kids are in the backyard, and Marcia says, well, at least there was one good thing that came out of not getting the money. Jen says, name it. Marcia continues, no income tax. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, I guess. They all roll their eyes. <laughs> Peter then says, we just have to look at the bright side. Greg asks, what bright side? Peter goes on, it's better than not finding $1,100 at all. Greg hits Peter in the face with a beach ball, which, okay, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, now they have a cool story to tell, you know, or it's like, it's better They've to have loved that and lost money. and, yeah, better to love and lost <laughs> than not to love at all, you know, kind of a yeah, attitude I mean, they can tell it, their friends so. at school, I once held $1,100. Yeah. But why in the hell is Bobby hanging upside down again <laughs> from the swing set? I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to say something about this. I saw that and <laughs> I was like. What the fuck? Jimmy's going to be like, here's Bobby acting like a girl again, because apparently only girls hang upside down on But bars. I mean, A, there's... In Jimmy's world. Typically, boys don't hang upside down from swing sets, but two, like, why would you have somebody do that when you're filming? Should what I stand mean? over here? Or should I, you, know what would, you know what would be best? Is if you hung out upside down so that your head is out of the shot, that's like the perk, because we want to see your dirty shoes. Like, why, why is that the best <laughs> shot? That's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Next, the we see. No, next we see Carol walking through the living room, and the doorbell rings. She answers it, and we are greeted by an old man at the door. He says, "Mrs. Brady, I just got my wallet back from the police department, and they gave me your address." <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> it's nice uh, policing and good protection and service by the police. <laughs> this is the best actor I think they've ever had on the show. <laughs> this guy's is that sarcasm? Yes. Very thick, <laughs> yeah. very thick sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Carol invites the man inside. Um, the old man introduces himself as Mr. Stoner. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old man says, me and Miss, the missus have been doing some frantic backtracking the last few days. I wanted to thank you. Thank you, boys, for turning it in. Carol calls the boys down to the living room. The old man continues... We were driving cross country and we pulled into that lot to fix it flat and it must have fallen out of my pocket. Sure was stupid not having the identification in the wallet. Carol says, well, the important thing is you got your money back. The man goes on. I can't tell. I can't tell you how much it means to us. Me and the missus have been saving up, saving up for this trip for years. Just then the boys arrive and greet the man. The old man says, you are, uh, you are fine, honest boys, and I want to thank you. Just then, Mike arrives and greets the man. The man reaches into his wallet and pulls money out and says, I want to give you a reward. He hands the bill to Greg, and Greg says, Gee, it's $100. Mike says, I think it's a little too much. Greg says, Dad is right. This is too much, and hands it back to the old man. 
The old man says, well, you got to have something. After offering a $50 bill and he gets turned down yet again, they finally settle on $20. The boys all thank him and the old man thanks them and leaves. Mike, uh, Mike makes his final dad joke to the old man and says, <laughs> hey, hang on to that wallet. Uh, they all settle in the living room and the boys look bummed. Carol asks them what was wrong. Greg looks at Mike and asks, why did you settle on 24, dad? Mike says, because I think it's enough, Greg. Greg comes back and says, but it's too much. 18 is a lot easier to divide by six. <laughs> and the boys get up and leave to go to the kitchen. Carol sits on Mike's lap and she says how they always surprise her. Mike does a southern accent and says, me and the missus got a great bunch of old kids. Great bunch of old kids. There we go. Carol laughs and they hug. She, he makes fun of them. <clears throat> so how much is $20? <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Um, I don't know. Oh, I don't oh know. you didn't. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that he comes walking in wearing a flannel shirt and a jacket? <laughs> no. In Los Angeles. When the boys were just playing outside in t-shirts. Right. Well, he's an old man. He's it's cold in here. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> baby, 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 what Hi. time is it? <laughs> it's uh, 4.30, Grandma. It, oh, well, good, good. It's cold in here. It's cold. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I had to, I didn't mention his name before, and to, could, but you had your comment on oh, Mr. Yeah. Stoner. I just thought so it was funny. I mean, because it's, come on, man. It's just like early 70s. You know everybody laughed at that. You know they did. <laughs> Writer's room had a field day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the last scene, and we are surprisingly in the master bedroom with Mike and Carol. Mike comes out of the bathroom and says, well, all's well that ends well. <laughs> As he climbs into the bed next to Carol, and she's reading a magazine. Do you have something... The fuck is up with his pajamas? <laughs> I mean, it what? looks like he was part of like, uh, I don't know. It's like he was part of the the family from The Sound of Music and she made it out of the curtains like for the rest of the kids. Like these are the <laughs> ugliest pajamas I've ever seen. Like they're horrible. I think I, like, I think I've seen couches in Goodwill with the same pattern on it. It's awful. <laughs> it's terrible. <clears throat> I didn't notice. Well, he comes out and he says, well, all's well that ends well. As he climbs into the bed with Carol and she's reading a magazine, Carol asks, did you just make that up? <laughs> Which huh? I didn't know if she was serious or not. Um, I don't know. Um, I thought Mike you were asking laughs. me. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Carol said, did you just make that up? And Mike laughs and says, yeah, it was nothing. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was nothing. <laughs> Carol says, well, I don't think it was fair that you got the two extra cents when the kids split the $20 reward. Well, wait a minute. <clears throat> I, I found that kind of strange. Well, all's well that ends well. And she says, yep. did you just make that up? Yeah. Like, that's, isn't that a Shakespeare show? Uh, like, I don't know. Let me Google it real quick. I think okay. it's a Shakespeare show. Okay. Because <clears throat> if that's a Shakespeare show, yeah, it's a Shakespeare show. So that brings on a whole new like joke because like 
Mike, who's educated, uses yeah. a Shakespearean title. Well, all's well that mm-hmm. ends well. She's like, did you just make that up? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was nothing. Yeah, I did, Carol. Aren't I smart, <clears throat> Carol? Smart. <laughs> She's like, I just opened my mouth and out it came. <laughs> okay. So that, that's just kind of an inside joke, I think. I don't know if he pressed the joke very hard, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, the kids split. Oh, so Carol's upset. Like, you got the two extra cents when you split the $20 reward. <laughs> Mike defends his honor and says, I was the one who took the wallet to the police station. Carol reminds him like a bitch and says, all for one and one for all. Or was that just another one of your great sayings you made up? (laughs) (laughs) Mike gets real with her and calls her out on her bullshit. Finally. And asks her, what did you do? Why should you share? Carol says, well, I'm the one that let the boys play football in the vacant lot in the first place. Mike looks over and takes a penny from the side table and says, okay, then you can have half of my two cents. He hands it to her and then adds, and an extra reward, and he kisses her. Carol looks at the penny and hands it back to him and says, you can have the penny back. I'd rather have some more reward. And then they kiss some more. And that's the end of the episode. That is. That was pretty funny. So, so what you think? <laughs> that was pretty good. It wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the writing is definitely getting better as the seasons go on. Because in yep. some of the early episodes, it's like 10 minutes in, you already know what the problem's going to be. You already know how to solve it. <laughs> but you got to sit through another 14 minutes of them playing more on acting like they can't figure out what's going on. So at least with this one, they're having realistic problems that could still happen today. You know, this is one yeah. that that I found myself thinking like, damn, what would I do if that was my kids? You know, we're not a lot of the Brady Bunch episodes you can kind of compare it to modern day, but this is one that you could, you could totally compare this to modern day. Yeah. <clears throat> what I, what I get a little frustrated with is I can't remember if later episodes finally do this or not, but mm. a lot of like, Sitcoms these days now have a lot of like you got an A storyline, then a B storyline, maybe even right, a C, right. right? And these just don't do that. They just have the A storyline, that's it. Yeah. So therefore we get tons of scenes of like another caller calling in, you know, and well, here's another one calling in. And it's like if they had a, a B storyline going, they can cut back and forth to different shit, you know. Well, in a lot of modern sitcoms, they interthread the the B and C storylines throughout the season. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, like each the Big episode has and, its own like, right A and B story. But I mean, when you're line. talking about stuff like the Big Bang Theory and stuff like that, they have problems, or you know, like it might be, um, um, <clears throat> I don't know, Sheldon and and, and um, Amy talking about getting married, right? And that that's okay. a problem, and that's a storyline, but it's interwoven throughout the entire season, right? And you might oh, have yeah, another that's one. Just your- Arc well, I mean, story <clears throat> right, but I mean, and then you'll have another one that's interwoven throughout the season, but then you have the problems for every episode. I don't think this one ties anything from one episode to the next. Oh, right. Yeah, so I think no, it's like, harder to do that. Yeah, there's no season arc, you know, there's no like right, arc right, right. for the whole season or anything. Right. Because um, each, each episode is individual, and there's yeah. a saying for that, but I can't remember what it's called now. But um, shit, I had it, but I lost it. Anyway, but like each each 
you know, like let's take Friends for example. Like in a Friends episode, it might be them all about uh, Ross is about to get no, not something big, but uh, one of them is getting his driver's license for the first time. Like let's say in in an episode, but also at the same time, you know, Phoebe and uh, Chandler are also having a problem getting gum stuck out of her hair. You know, like there's yeah. a B storyline going on. I mean, that's a well. little. I mean, that example is a little different because you're talking about people that live in several different locations. Um, but like going back to Big Bang Theory, like it might be Sheldon's having trouble picking something out at a store. Okay, well, yeah, that's that's an alternate problem. But what he's picking out might be a wedding ring which that ties into the overall arc for the season. And I think that's how they fit a lot of that in, in modern stuff, where they couldn't really yeah. do that in the Brady Bunch. That's just my opinion, but that's what it seems like. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I can't remember for later episodes, but we'll find out. Yeah, right, yeah. It's interesting. And speaking of the next episode, do you yes. want to give a little quick synopsis on what the next episode is? Sure. The next episode is called A Fist Full of Reasons. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. A school bully makes fun of Cindy <laughs> for her lisp, sorry, and gives Peter a black eye for defending her. Hmm. I remember this episode. I remember it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what a dick. I feel kind of bad because we've made fun of Cindy a few times. Cindy? <laughs> Throughout this, yeah. Fendi? I really yeah. feel like Jan has gotten really the brunt of our force more than anybody else. She and I has, feel bad about but, that. you know, we've made, and some of the guests have made comments, like, Cindy's like eight years old going on three. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, hey, she wouldn't have had the fucking job if it wasn't for that lisp that she actually had back then. Oh, she did? So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why she, that's the only reason why she got the job. Huh. And because the lisp was real, and... And Sherwood Schwartz just thought it was adorable. And uh, so. Well, that brings on a whole new thing. Like, I always assumed that it was fake. Hmm. And that that was part of what was kind of irritating about it. It was like, why the hell is she doing that list? But if that was a real (sighs) list, that's a whole different thing. Interesting. Yep. yep. As I say, that's like Drew Barrymore. I think she still has her list. Yeah. All right. So it's time now for. Episode disclaimer. I always yes. want to put this yes. out in every episode. So, you know, we had fun here today and uh, don't be offended. We're not, uh, we do love the show. We don't hate on anybody. We're not racist. We're not sexist. No, we absolutely aren't. Um, and what I've said in the past is um, to put these show notes together and everything, um, one of us, whoever's hosting the show that week, it takes about an hour, hour and a half to really sit down and do it thoroughly because you got to go through one time and, and write the notes, write the synopsis. Then you got to go through another time and actually watch the episode to try to find these things that are kind of quirky about it. And then the other person separately has to watch it. So really, these get watched three, sometimes four times um, yeah. for every show that we do. Um, and <clears throat> watching one episode um, four different times <laughs> just for us to make jokes like, listen to her lisp. That's the joke's not that funny. <laughs> like it's not funny enough to watch this four times. Um, so obviously we like the show. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we appreciate the show just as much as anybody listening. So otherwise we wouldn't have done this podcast. This is a lot of work. So. Right. 
And you know how hard it is to write the whole synopsis? Like everything I, that yeah, we say, we sucks. write. So <laughs> we have to, I have to come up with things like, and next we see, or, yeah. and I can't yeah, yeah. start every, every single paragraph with, and next we see after they change right. it up. And you yeah. know how hard it is to write. And then Mike says, or and then Jan retorts mm-hmm. and then. And then Mike continues, yeah. and Marcia goes on to say, "I actually like, went. <laughs> I went in one time and tried to find synopsis, a synopsis for the Brady Bunch, because I thought there's they got to mm-hmm. be out there. So I, I searched for a synopsis for the one I had to do, and it was like one paragraph. That <laughs> 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 basically told the whole thing. I was like, shit, that's not going to work. Like, well, you should search like breakdown maybe, and not synopsis. Synopsis well, is just on, like a short paragraph." The, the Brady Bunch has a, a, a wiki, <clears throat> like a fan page kind of thing. And it's oh, yeah? it's a bunch of uh, random information about it and stuff. I've used it a few times when I host because they tend to have better hmm. information than IMDb does as far as um, random facts and oh. stuff like that. Um, well, thanks for holding on to that. That's Sure, cool. not a problem. I was hoping people would be like, Dan, Jimmy just has such better quirky information than Tech does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I never got that email, so now I can share it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I even tried to cheat <laughs> and I, you can't cheat. So yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, anything else? I don't believe so. All right. Well, I've been tack and I have too. I mean, I've wait. been Jimmy <laughs> and this has been a very Brady podcast and we'll see you. Bye. Hey, I want to thank my guests one last time for stopping by and come on back here every Monday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Hey, go ahead and check out AVeryBradyPodcast.com. If you ever wonder what I look like, I got pics up on there. You can also see pictures of our past guests as well that have been on the show. Read little bios about them. And you can contact me at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, any questions you have, or maybe you want to tell me that you hate a certain episode. Who knows? Or even give me a call and leave a voice message at 804-446-1901. Again, that's 804-446-1901. Leave a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. You can also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description of this episode. Join in on the conversation in the Facebook group. It's called a Very Brady Facebook group. So get in there, get on the conversation, post memes. I don't care. Just don't be a racist. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. I'd certainly appreciate it. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack, and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.